The first fucking line is wrong. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Special TV show episode of episode three <laughs> and of the, what yeah, the I actually read it. I read it. <laughs> uh, um, sorry, well, again. Eddie gets to do the script from now on. I'll be able to uh, edit. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. I think you're doing great. Right. You don't want me to edit. <laughs> you don't want me to do it. It'll be Nobody like Dr. Zeus. <laughs> you will not find the script here or there. You will not find it anywhere. <laughs> what what language what language is this? What? <laughs> Welcome to the first TV special of season four of Three and a Half Channel with a podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of moves from our private collection. And one tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which. But for now, my name is Sean. And with me, as always, trudging through the apocalypse, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie? I'm not infected. I promise. And Brandon. Right now, I am the half-gentleman. So there it is. There. <laughs> Take it. It's okay, Brandon. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. It's just a lot harder than you think it was, huh? <laughs> Well, Sean had so many typos, and I just apparently missed sentences. So there it is. It's okay. So as we are in the midst of starting out season four, we also taking some time right now to talk about the newest HBO match hit, The Last of Us. And I do apologize about my voice. It's still uh, out of commission. So what, since since yesterday? Well, also, you don't become yeah, a clicker, yo. We're not, I mean, like, I don't know. A clicker, is that what they call Clickers or Zeke's? With every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film, or in this case, a TV episode we just watched? Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the episode based on a scale of zero to five, with zero being the perfect episode that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and five being the sort of the episode that makes you want to get tongued in the mouth by fungal vines as you French kiss a zombie. <laughs> Fuck, Brandon. You're welcome, but you're welcome. It's called the kiss of death, isn't it? <laughs> With that, like what that. do we? What do we have invading our our uh, oral orifice this evening? What? Jesus. Just read the script. That was good. Read the damn script. <laughs> Come on, oh, that was shit. funny. That was, was funny. Oh god, that was good. Anyway. Tonight, we continue our road trip with Joel, Tess, and Ellie with The Last of Us, Episode 2. The series follows a band of survivors after a pandemic outbreak destroys what looks to be the vast majority of the world's population. In Episode 2, Joel, Tess, and Ellie officially set off west during their first full day together. While tensions rise, Tess must make a decision that affects her fate as well as the other two. The season has an IMDb score of 9.3, a subtle slip of 0.1 over the last 24 hours since we recorded last, and an average critic score of 97%, an audience score of 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Brandon, your, your little paragraph is perfect. It, sound, it looked like you proofread yours like a I thousand times. I, well, I do read in front of the mirror with my microphone in front of me oh. just to get the feel. Well, he, he's got to get his voice his his he's got to get his voice just right so he goes right before each uh, sentence that he delivers. <laughs> so it's perfect. He's the I original do. clicker, man. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So what I what I do, Brandon, is I breathe very heavily into the microphone. So Jeremiah has to edit as much as he can. Well, because I'm just like a mouth breather on this thing. Apparently, well, I feel like you you rest your microphone on your bottom lip right there, like you're right here, and then. <sighs> 
So who do you think will survive out of these? Well, Tess, out of all of us? Tess will not. Well, oh, four. I see what you're saying. Are you, are you talking about us right oh, now? Four. Because because no. Sean will not. Because he will be breathing out of his mouth. I know. And who, will be like, oh, I know who would survive. Uh, no, I will be. I will. I will live longer than all you motherfuckers. I, don't I will think be so. the, the yeah. Sean. Like, you would be until, until you fall He's asleep. Be the Sean, because you snore. <laughs> until you fall asleep, because you <laughs> so snore, true. Sean. So as you fall asleep, they're gonna get you. He would kill us all in a quiet place too. Like I kind of snore too, man. So I'm with Sean with that. Yes. Fucking good, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm convinced that surviving the apocalypse is based on uh, two very simple factors. Make good Fitness. decisions for good oh. reasons all the time. No, make good. De- you don't have to be fit. You, you got to make good zombies, fucking decisions. You got, the only reason you have to outrun the zombies is if you're in proximity to the zombies, you're making stupid fucking decisions. Oh, I got to go west. No, you hunker down. You clear out. Have you ever seen Zombie Land? You gotta take a pix or a shitter. Double tap. The- double tap to the head. If you follow the rules, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> you create. You know. You learn how to be a mason. You wall in your area, and the motherfuckers don't get mason. you. That's all there is to it. I'll, I'll tell you this much: with this episode, guys, I hope that the rest of the episode it opens up with a flashback or something yes. that happened in twenty uh, two thousand three. Because I thought yeah. this opening was way better than the first so, episode. Well, I thought it I'm, was I'm, so fucking good. What do you guys think? I'm going to take this one. So uh, I'm, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. I thought that the, the flashback intro was the best part of this whole episode. I thought that this episode tanked in, in my opinion um, from, from what it started oh. out in was, was season one or episode one. But that flashback was creepy as fuck when she is like examining the cadaver and you got the little tentacles things like crawling out of the mouth right there at the end. I thought that was one of the most creepy fucked up things I've seen in years and years and years. And I thought it was amazing. So I, I will say that uh, I, I admit I watched the second episode first and the first episode second, because Why would you do that? I'm dumb. And I clicked because I clicked the button on HBO and it played episode two first for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So when I started <laughs> the fucking, uh, no, I told you this the last time Yeah. when I started this fucking show, it was in a foreign language <laughs> And then all of a sudden they're walking through the forest. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, oh, I missed, you know, like 20 years of the show. Like, so did missed, you get, did you I get through the, the entire, show. well, did you get through the whole episode before you realized that? I went the entire episode. Oh, so God. I'm like, oh, Anna Trova, Anna Trova is so good. I love her. I love her. She's dead. And then like, you go into the whole episode and then I'm like, well, at least I get one more episode with her. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes backwards. I, I will say that the sure. the introduction and the sheer terror that that actress kind of in uh, you know I don't know put on screen, and then when she said I'd like to be with my family, like she fucking knew it was over. It actually reminds me of a movie we just did. Uh, I think it's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jeremiah, correct me if I'm wrong. The thing when. Um, you know, Wilford Brimley's character realizes that they're all dead. The the chances of infecting the earth are, you know, basically 100%. Yeah, it came out a couple of days ago, actually. Okay, and it, and it really did, um, uh, it did kind of have that vibe to it where it's like she knows what's going on, she knows what's important, and she's just going to, like, it's over. Like, she, it's just. She just said up. one word, bomb. Yeah, that's just bomb. fucking terrifying. There was no, re- there was no way to, like, oh, we can do this, we can do this. She's like, we're done. We're yeah. done, dude. I mean, Eddie, what do you think about like? Did you see like a lot of hints of like, oh shit, this is where it kind of kind of started in a way, right? Oh yeah, instantly you 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 kind of figured it out. Um, what I mean the the timeline, but you started thinking like, okay, like 
the the military were like, shit, like, what do we do? What do we do? We, they're like trying to figure out a, a solution. We have to like have a solution right now. And like, you're the best that we have. And she's just like, I've never seen anything like this. Like this attitude like, this is, what do we do? Bomb. And can I go spend time with my family? So you're like, oh, so pretty much it was already too late because they're like, well, where did this happen? And who made it? She already infected so many different people mm-hmm. and they didn't have it under control. It sounded, sounded like to me after she started asking questions of like, well, where are they at? Yeah. They're missing. They're missing. Yep. This is what it was explained. It happened 30 hours prior to that moment right two there. Days, so 30 yeah. hours, right? About two days, yeah. And then this is two days before it actually goes to the whole like crazy situation that we have in Austin, in right? Texas, so this yeah. is two days. Yeah. Two days before that, you know, so I mean, 30 hours missing. And then you get 14 people missing. Fast, bro. Like that. And she's like, we're done. <laughs> like, so, oh, anyone, fuck. Did anyone think you have COVID? Oh, 100%. I think you, you okay, had I to don't think be about alone. that, yeah. But here's what's interesting to me about the way that they're doing this show, and, and maybe they're taking a different tact. You know, they fast-forwarded and set the show. You've been through the hope. Now, it's mm-hmm. been 20 years. Nobody's done jack shit. Like, literally... Mm-hmm. The government does not have a plan. The government is done. They're, they're in martial law. Now it's, it's, you've got this like new hope. It's almost Star Wars esque. This, this character that's, you know, she's our only hope to bring her to this, yeah. this mysterious group of people. I think it's a very, I don't know, unique and new, fresh take on a zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you that, Sean, because it's like our person who's supposed to be the hero. He's questioning if he wants to kill that person or not. You know, he's just like, I don't fucking give a shit. She's still bit. And so he's questioning that the whole time when Tess is trying to be like, listen, like this person might be our last hope. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's what makes me think about the the first episode of like, okay, you can technically with this uh, Ellie girl, she, she already is infected and she just got bit again. So it makes me think there's a generation of people out there. That mm-hmm. they're almost immune to it a little bit, and yeah. you just you just don't know who they are. That was a good point, yeah. So, yeah. so I have a question for all of you, and this is kind of jumping ahead in the episode, but it's also it's also not. <clears throat> um, Ellie realizes that uh, Tess is infected. She know, she she feels yeah. it, right? She feels so. There's some interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. Between the fucking no, she does. She absolutely does. does. She feel it? I don't know again. if she feels yeah. it. I don't know if she feels it though. Do you guys? Did, okay, Jaren and Ed, she, did you guys get the one hundred percent? She felt it, or I think that she just realized it by by Tessa's adamant. She's staying here. I think she read the read the situation. She was she was good of the situation. Mm-hmm. What I got out of the episode, guys, was that. There was like this hive mind. Did yeah, I? Did this, I? Oh, this is did, where I was going. I wanted. I wanted to kind okay. of set it up. Yeah. So I right, think there's. I think there's a collective consciousness among yeah. the fungi that mm. understands what's going on, and they talk mm. to each other. Number one. So my question is: Is did they read Tessa's mind through that kiss and realize that they're under threat, and that now they're going to be chasing Tess? Uh, uh, Tess, Ellie, Ellie excuse me, Ellie, Ellie and Joel across the country because they know that they're under threat. And I think that because the, the, also because the fungus, at, yeah, the fungus is living inside of her, I think she's got this like inside knowledge of what 
is going on in the in you know fungal land and in she can share the collective consciousness and now they know that she's a threat I, i'm i'm curious to see if that's going to be a theme so so when they were on the balcony um and this is when tess was showing uh ellie yeah. all the all the the ones like this is what it is mm-hmm. you get the feeling also from what ellie says she looked at them and she said something that was like you get the you, when she looked at them, you almost had the feeling like she was able to fill them, because she was able to say like, um, she said something just, that made you think like they talked about you know the that? hive minded, yeah, um, yeah. Like, I mean, oh, that's interesting. It, they're, they're like yeah. they're sleeping or they're waiting. Yeah, it's an interesting theory. I, I'm not sure I buy into it just yet, but I think that's a really interesting theory. But if that's the case, I hope it is because that gives more reason to them wanting to save her, right? Um, just like Joel, I got the same feeling. Like, oh, we've heard this storyline so many times. Oh, she she's going to be a cure or you know an answer to the vaccine. And yeah. honestly, there needs to be something more than just oh, she's immune to it, so they can harvest her blood and whatever. So uh, what I'm saying, Sean, is I, I hope think that she right. can control. I think she can control the fungus. Oh, people. I think I think this cool. is and and uh, it goes back to what yeah. Eddie was saying is you know there are multiple people out there. It's not just her. Uh, there are you know there there is a whole a whole genetic group of people that potentially have this ability to control the fungus people. There is a significant group of people, maybe not super significant, mm-hmm. but maybe there is a, a group of people who are going to react to this fungal infection differently than the rest of humanity. And I, she yeah. is obviously in that group. Yeah, no, I, well, that, I just want to jump on the same thought train, Sean, as, as you are. And it makes me think, what if she's able to have that tie-in because she was bit by one of that uh, infected hordes, right? And so you're talking about maybe there's other ones. And that means that, you know, the fungal people are, are you know... Like they're strain-specific? strain specific so she has control over this one does that mean that somebody in california who has uh you know immunity to it gets bit has that kind of uh insight into that strain it just makes me wonder then if they could almost create not an army but they could almost like create a mass suicide kind of deal if if these these you know chosen ones can control them in the mind it's an interesting it's about fighting back too i think you want to fight back yeah there's a way yeah. to fight back finally yeah. towards them. So, Jared, yeah, definitely take it off now. Oh, I did, Brandon. I was reading. I was li- reading this thing about what the creator was talking about, and it's not like them trying to affect the person. They're trying to stay alive. The fungus, the fungi, is trying to stay alive. It's trying to spread. I mean, yeah. that's you know, because it's kind of weird. Like in the end, where you see Tess, you know, she's standing there, and everyone's walking past, except for that one person who wants to spread the fungi to her. And just kind of have like this, like, you know, another kind of like way to to survive. And I think, you know, there is probably a thing where that chosen one might have to like, you know, fight. I mean, that's a good theory, man. I never really thought about it. But again, listeners, we've never played the game really that much at all. Barely. So you're coming in from left field. So you guys are probably like, that's not how it goes. Well, you know what? Fuck, we haven't played it yet. Well, and one of the things I'm looking at how to make this show a little bit more interesting, because I do agree with Brandon that this episode was not as I mean, I for certain didn't bomb the show, uh, but it certainly was not as as interesting as the first episode. Um, I thought that the intercommunicate or the the, uh, interpersonal relationship between um, Tess and um, uh, Joel, Joel, Joel. uh, I thought, you know, that was a very interesting and compelling relationship that they kind of 
may I don't know if they made it weaker by the way they handled yeah. the exit, or I, I I'm still not quite sure how they that, like how I feel about it. It, it happened yeah, that so one pissed fast. Me off. Yeah, but but I think yeah. there's more. Explain to it. Basically, what I got from it is you've got two people who've agreed not to love each other and not to get invested in each other in the apocalypse, but really get invested and love each other. They're protecting right. themselves from themselves, and they basically the the departure they have or the, the when they you know when she decides that she's going to kill herself and he's going to go on she says something like uh you know we, we save who you we, can we, this was yeah this was never but this was never about us this was always about the future just basically move on just get out of here that's not you that's not what you do to the person you love you know <laughs> Well, his response was the thing that bothered me. You're missing the the fact that she told him, I never asked you to feel the way how I felt about you. So she always had a different way how she felt about him. He was always closed off and he chose to be all closed off. And there's a reason. There's a situations during the episode where like, you know, Ellie was asking Joel, like, hey, what about your life? He lies about it. He closes it off. Hey, what about Tess? He closes it off. He doesn't want to talk about it. Anything that gets him in an attachment, he pushes us off in a lot of ways. And so I the way how it kind of explains like he wanted to say something, but again the way how he is, it's better to walk away no matter how emotion you're like attached to it. Just like that line from Heat, if you feel the heat coming around the corner, you know, yeah. remove yourself from all attachments type of situation. And that's what I got from him. It's that it's that twenty eight days later vibe, right? It was like I, I'm not gonna make an attachment to you because you could die any second. Yeah, like, I don't want to be that close to you. But we'll, we'll we'll be cool and we'll we'll hang out. But overall, yeah. I'm not gonna love you because all my loved ones have already died, and I'm not, I don't want to have that pain again. I guess yeah. this is the frustration I have is that um, with these type of movies, the reason that apocalyptic movies work is because you've got altruistic characters who love each other in spite of the apocalypse, and they make mm-hmm. stupid decisions because of their love. Like um, you know, not not to go back to Walking Dead, which I think we've kind of moved on from. But mm-hmm. you had in that show constantly going back for members of the crew that had been captured or left behind, making stupid ass decisions to save one person at risk of the whole group. And yeah. I think that this is not going to be that type of show. I think um, Joel is going to make the proper decisions based on saving the one and mm-hmm. move forward. And fuck all yeah. to everything else. Yeah. So first off, uh, yeah, I don't want I don't want to put words in in my mouth or anything. But uh, no, I don't think it bombed. What I'm saying is it was a it, to me it was a sharp decline from episode one. Um, but talking about what you were saying, Sean, is his 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 ending. Not even a buy. Not even a, I'm sorry. Like I wanted something more than just grab the girl and go. Right. I mean, th- th- I don't care if you have a romantic relationship or you have just a friendship. There needs to be some kind of closure. And it just it it just rubbed me the wrong way. Put it that way. But I do want to talk about something. Two things that I thought were fucking phenomenal about this episode. Uh, first off, sound design, the noises that they make, and I'm not talking about the the, the clicking. I'm not talking about the clicking, but the 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 sound of the glass shattering underneath their feet. I mean, if we're talking about like a, on a technical level, this episode was fucking beautiful with sound design, but then also the set design. I thought that the 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 sets the the CGI that went into creating team. Boston as this overrun thing, the the lobby that has flooding in it. I mean, that to me was whole next level shit in, in filmmaking. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? 
How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Do you remember do you remember the show uh on I think it was on NBC called Oh got a Billy Burke was in it. Um uh, Revolution? Revolution. I only saw like one or two episodes of that, yeah. Never. Same Never concept po- post-apocalyptic and the problem with that one it was just it was too damn colorful and it was too damn fake. All the sets were yeah. fake. This yeah. actually looks like blasted out Boston. It actually Doesn't looks it? like it really does. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jeremy. You, you were saying something. No, no. I uh, the the whole episode for me was a uh, was a lot better for me than the episode one regarding to the production design, the sounds, mm-hmm. the creatures, but the story for itself. I mean, it does introduce to you not just you know, oh, we got the zombie infected and whatnot. It actually induces you to more of a horror element. You yes. know, you have now an idea. There's a hive minded, uh, spider web connected type of situation. And it gives you that feeling like you're fucking doomed <laughs> no matter what you're going to do here. Yeah. And that scene in the museum, I'm yeah. telling you, that was fucking tension. It was thick. It was just claustrophobic, man. It was fucking hardcore to even just watch. Yes. What yeah. do you think about that, guys? I mean, I thought that was a great so, fucking sequence. That's that's where you can see like there's that's the small break in the, the, the link of the fence for these clickers clackers i don't know if they actually say zombies um but that's the the break in the the fence that are that their the weakness is sound right they have they they go based off of sound so if you're walking around quiet but it makes you so suspenseful because in that whole place of the museum they're face to face with these motherfuckers you know they stepped on a piece of glass and instantly they had to fight for their life and that whole museum scene i just was like oh shit this is on it's on like donkey Kong. (laughs) And they all get split up, and that was kind of cool that they all had to have their own little uh, encounters separately. These things weren't dying off with just a bullet to the head. That was kind of cool to see that that they they took some 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 real tactical fights, and you had to really shoot them a couple yeah, times. So how do we kill them? Like how do we kill them? That's the thing that I want to know. Well, you're dealing with fucking monsters. You're just not yeah. even dealing with the whole life fact. It's like oh shit, these are fucking creatures, and they're powerful in a lot of ways. You know, so it's like. It, I feel like this kind heads. of goes away from Walking Dead where you have an idea like, okay, you have one thing you're dealing with. Now you have a whole set of other fucking rules that you're dealing with on top yeah. of like you have the unknown that's happening going forward. So I thought yeah, that was not interesting. Only, not only do you have a post-apocalyptic world, but you also have a creature that you don't <laughs> understand that has a hive mind that might be coming after you. And the only way really to kill it is to eradicate it with fire. Like legitimately, that's the only way to kill this fungus is to burn it out. That's what and I'm thinking. It, it, it's just it just gets to a point where um i think that while while this this episode was slower um and i didn't much care for some of the uh, you know I, I don't like when they get trapped in in these no win situations in episode 2 and it's like come on guys like we know these characters are going to be around for 10 episodes just don't put them in peril every 14 seconds like let's move mm-hmm. on um, well, well, it shows I mean, you that, that there's, a, there's like a maze to try to, that they're trying to get to. They, well, originally, they're trying to get uh, a car battery, right? So they have a certain way to go over there to get the car battery, but there, it was like a maze to get there. 
it's yeah. just like the game. You're watching exactly like if you put the movie in the game, they're following the same kind of like concept and everything like that. The thing what they changed from my understanding is the hive mind process of it, which is pretty cool. They're adding their own little idea to it regarding to a bigger threat in so many ways, you know, right. but they also leave a lot of clues in this episode, guys. I mean, you do have an understanding like now, like the spread of it was flour and wheat. Because in, you know, mm-hmm. what happened in the Jakarta in Indonesia, this happened in the flower wheat building or something like that. Like I said last episode, carbs, carbs are the devil. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny. I, so they talk but about that right from the get-go. Man. Yeah, they talk about it right from the get-go. Yeah. And I hadn't caught on uh, yesterday when we recorded and Sean was talking about flour and wheat. And I'm going like, where the fuck are you pulling this out? And then literally in the first two minutes of this episode, it's like, it was at a flour factory. So. Um, I think that they're, they, that's obviously the case because they made such a point of it being spread through that. Well, and I'm, and and I'm telling you right thought, now, you mm-hmm. want to look at some terrifying shit, go on YouTube, spend two hours, and go down the rabbit hole of genetically engineered wheat. I'm telling you right now, you'll get to a point where you won't eat, you won't eat any wheat for the rest of your life. It used to be this beautiful grain. It was, I mean, if you look at the old pyramid that we learned when we were in school, you were supposed to eat the most what? Grains. Wheat, veggies. Grains. Grains. Yeah. Was like yeah. the gra- no, grains was like the number one thing that you ate at, yeah. the, at the bottom. And then the least was at the top. Now it's totally different mm-hmm. because grain has completely changed. The wheat has completely changed. Fuck, I love wheat bread. I know. Much. It's horrible. Yeah. Because you, you know, I, I tried not to eat it as much as I can. But, I mean, there's something about that, you know, that bread before a meal or those hot rolls mm-hmm. from like, you know, but but still, you watch yeah. these documentaries and it's just like, holy shit. Like, wheat is same just thing, not Joseph. what it is. Same thing, Joseph, brown rice. Yeah, brown rice. Oh is my the god! Same thing. God damn it, dude! God, I just won't eat anything. God damn it! Well, Fuck. no, it's uh, just go white rice. <laughs> There's this guy I follow on, uh, on on Instagram or whatever, and he's like starting off 2023 strong with he's having eggs, and it's like eggs are the worst thing you possibly can eat. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you eat. Somebody has a somebody has a saying as to why they're the terrible thing. I want to talk about Anna. Um, what's her name? Anna Trove. Is that her name? Tess. Mm-hmm. Tess. I thought she knocked it out of the park. I thought that beginning of this, this episode, she played this mother figure type, you know, of Ellie and just kind of like walking her through the steps and the sacrifice that she does in the end. Yeah. She does it in a, re- in a way where she knows that this is redemption. But that scene where she's telling Joe, you know, you have to fucking believe, believe yeah. in this, you know, like she almost kind of said in a way, like, if you ever fucking give a shit about me or love me, you will fucking save this fucking girl, yeah. you know? And I think well, he pointed, she pointed that out. Like, I want you to make that sacrifice in a lot of ways. Yeah. What I what I like so much about her though is it's this balance between, like you said, the mother figure, but she's also a hard ass. Like she's a, a hard, tough ass. Yeah. And like you don't fuck with her. And I think that that's really good because I think that a lot of times shows, TV shows, movies, either way, create these characters and they try to pigeonhole them too far into one side, right? So they're either too much the loving, caring mother type, and then you've got one, you know, who's maybe a little bit more on the revolutionary. I think that um, Carol kind of, in Walking Dead, going back to Walking Dead, she was kind of one of those characters who did bridge that gap a little bit more. You know, and I think that maybe in a lot of ways we can look at Tess as a refined version of Carol. Well, and and I will say Tess as a character is fully developed. You understand her motives, even if you don't understand her history. You understand why she's doing the things she's doing. Like she she is yeah. she's got hope in her still. And 
for me, it's almost like she's the opposite of, of Joel in that Joel has lost all hope and is totally introspective. She is totally the opposite. She wants, yeah, yeah. she wants nothing more than to help. Like, you know, she's convinced. And I, I, I one of the things that bothered me, and I guess this is just, um, you know, I don't know. The way that she went out was fine. Yes, the grenade killed all the, you know, all the the clickers, clackers, whatever you want to call them. All of that was fine, but I guess my 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 issue is you. They have no reverence for characters and giving them any type of arc. I want an arc. Don't just kill yeah. them to to for a for a shock value. Give me like something. Give me something of an arc. Yeah. Um, and they did the same thing with Sarah, right? They did it with Sarah in, yeah. in episode one, yeah. you know, and that right. bothered they me started, too. Yeah. They gave her this and she got, she got to the peak of her arc and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden she's dead. Like I need to, I need to have some lasting impact of characters. That's what lost did so beautifully when they killed off Boone, Boone had a beautiful arc from this annoying little brother of, of Shannon to sacrificing himself for the group so they didn't use all of the uh, the antibiotics. Like, you had a really cool arc to his character, and it changed the group. Charlie's death changed the group. I don't see how Anna's or how, uh, how Tessa's death changes anything, other than she killed a bunch well, of, of clicker clackers. Well, and I, it could I, have, I'm going to have to disagree on that. Oh, okay. Because you're basing off of shows that have 19 episodes when Boone died three seasons before Charlie died. She died in the second episode. And what she did is actually, you saw in the beginning of the episode where she was still questioning if I should actually save this person or not until she sees this person healed up. And she shows Joel, look at her, look at me. Look, she's healed. She's hope. She's everything that we're working for. She's everything that we're sacrificing for. She literally opens Joel's eyes like you need to be this person. The person that's going to have this arc, Sean, is going to be Joel. The person that you're waiting for for all these episodes, you're going to watch this each episode, I believe, with Joel, knowing that this person is the person that the reason why he's here for, you know, so this you is th- like you his Joel, redemption. You think Joel is the center character of the show? Well, I'm going to see it. I don't see it. He's the centric. I think he's going to be the one person that is going to have the complete full arc of like the redemption side of it. We don't know what has happened for the past 20, 20 years. He's a person that, you know, he just, lost yeah. his daughter. You're not giving it time for it to actually I, process I also, it. I also don't think you see the end of Tess. I think you're going to see flashbacks and you're going to bring her in. And it's going to make Joel realize, oh, yeah, Tess would do this. Or I learned this from Tess. I think you might have flashbacks of, of Tess personally. I, I worry. How I, they met. I worry that they're going to Ned Stark, uh, Joel. And that's always since Game of Thrones. That's been my fear. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't want them to Ned Stark Joel. I haven't watched a game. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're all in the dark on this one. I like, I agree with you on that. You know, it feels like he's going to sacrifice himself. Right. It feels so, like, you know, it's going to happen, yeah. but we just don't know, but we're looking for his arc. We were looking for this redemption. He needs to believe now that, Hey, this person yeah. on walking here, this is like, you know, this is the one thing that was good for, you know, Tess, that she believed in this. I need yeah. to save this. So, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to agree with Sean, but I have to agree with Sean on this point. And I, I maybe Sean, I'm, I'm misreading what you're saying, too. But um, 
I think we see this as becoming a more common and common trope in, in movies and in TV shows, especially is that they have a big build uh, actor and we're supposed to get all excited about this. And all of a sudden, Oh, we kill him off in the first act. Right. And I feel like that's not just this show. It's happening more and more consistently. And like I said, movies and TV shows. And to me, it pisses me off because it is it's it's jumping too fast into it. Yes, she had a little bit of an arc, but you know what? Don't kill her off until episode four to allow us to to mourn her death. I didn't mourn her death. Right. 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 I want to care. I want to care. And I'm going to spoil two. I'm going to spoil two other shows. And they did it with 1883 seven or 18 whatever it was the the yellowstone prequel series and they're doing it with the new prequel series 1923 and it's i'm not gonna destroy it jeremiah it's okay no it's just that they don't have any reverence they and i'm not i'm not being specific but they don't have any reverence for characters and they just fucking kill them and it doesn't you don't have time to really get into them I have not been specific. <coughs> God damn it. Han Solo is going to die. Thanks, dude. Well, no, I mean, but if you look at Yellowstone, they killed a brother off in the first fucking episode of that show. They, they have, they're ruthless. These people who are making these shows now. Did, did you like that or no? No, I want to know yeah. these characters. Yeah. Don't just fucking kill them. Look, at, I love a death. I Sometimes I think a show needs a death. But they don't the just. the brother off that episode. Yeah, but don't just kill people to kill them Give it's me becoming some shock value it's what it's doing yeah right. exactly yeah right. but you, you yeah. can't get upset because of all these other shows doing it regarding to a thing that happened 10 years ago regarding to when the film was created and everything regarding to the game and everything no, i understand that i mean i think it was purpose time, she was not supposed to be a main character yeah she was just supposed to make sure as a stepping yeah. stone to help the joel and ellie at the same time how much do people, we need to follow character. the game plot by plot though we can we can have artistic liberty we can take a show or a, a game and we can recreate it to to allow for the audience to give a shit about a character before we kill her off right okay so i mean i just re i just rewatched stranger things again and my god one of the reasons i mean look at eddie right eddie munson dies and we don't really give a shit about eddie in, in episode one if they'd killed off episode one he'd be like like uh, chrissy and we don't give a shit about cheerleader chrissy but damn it we wait till that ninth episode when we have gotten a lot more of, a, of an understanding of who this person is and man when he dies you're bawling your eyes out no oh i agree with you on that part i agree with you on that part but you gotta remember like this is not that's not that story this is this this man and this child right and the way to get through this civilization, you know, the Western civilization where it's all fucking like horrible and shit like that. Yeah. Well, the question is, where's where's episode three going? Where, where do we think? Um, I have no idea. Uh, I know that Nick Offerman's going to be uh, his story or something like that, but I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen here. It's kind of interesting what's happened on this this episode, but I have no idea, guys. But I'm pretty excited to see what's going to go. They're, they're, they're going to run into people, survivors, and they're going to have to like trade or get through some areas it's gonna go down to like the old school i am legend zombie land you meet uh, you meet a, another group of people and you team up with them and then and then joel's main secret is don't tell what ellie's main secret is but there you get the idea though if i mean you know you didn't you know burning kills them so why haven't they done a a bomb yet so you get the idea that there is a safe zone I think there's a safe zone because if not, then they would have done the bombing, right? Just instantly, you know, fire kills it all. So why not just bomb it? 
especially with this day and age. They they, they have the, the weapons to bomb it. Why didn't they bomb it already? Poor decisions based on emotion. They don't want to kill a bunch yeah. of people. I mean, that's or the director told him not to. Also, <laughs> so we need to make a movie on this. Show out of this. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I really do. Um, uh, I hope there's a safe zone. Well, but like not like safe, like a weird safe zone. I think I think unfortunately the show is going to kind of go in the in the realm of of Walking Dead, where you run into civilizations that are established within. To, yeah. Right, it's hard not to. the The key is how they handle them. How they handle them is going to be vital. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are we going to stay there for the rest of the season or are we going to keep moving on? If we keep moving on, I'm in. If they keep collecting members of their group, I'm in. If they just try to stay safe, there's a problem. I don't think that that's going to be, I think, I think Brandon uh, hit it on the head last episode. We called it Ch- children of men. This is a travel story. They are going somewhere. They have to go somewhere. There is open road. They, 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 they can't hunker down. It feels like the road. It, it honestly feels like the road when you think about it. If you ever guys like, read the book or watched the movie, it feels like, you know, something like that. Where it's just like this hopeless fucking, like, you know, traveling through the wasteland of all wastelands and shit. But we'll find out next episode. And that brings us to the inner review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie. Munson, can you provide the scale, please? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. Um, zero, the perfect episode. You don't need shit to enjoy it. Uh, one, a filtered first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber, lifting home. Four, rough morning watch of shame. Five, blackout, shit face, spring break, drunk. Um, gentlemen, I started last. Uh, I'm going to start with the person who went last last time. So I'm going to go with Jeremiah. You go first. Sounds good, guys. Um, I actually thought this episode was really good, and I thought the opening of uh, flashback was really fucking scary. I mean, it was probably one of the scariest things to see, and you're seeing like just natural uh, reaction from just humanity in a lot of ways. But I thought the the production was fucking amazing. I thought the sound was amazing. I thought that the um I thought this episode kind of set itself away from like the whole walking dead and you're not just dealing with zombies you're dealing with more of an idea of like just like fucking monsters but i actually thought it was wonderful i thought some of the moments were terrifying i thought it was fucking anxiety tension it was everything i hoped for for a television show to go for the second episode and i just i love that there was a redemption to it regarding to like there is some sense of hope even though it's like you know empty and all of us there's some sense of hope that we there's something to sacrifice for and i thought that it was a really done beautifully in this episode so i didn't have a problem with it man you know um it's just one drink for me guys i didn't have an issue with this i'm excited for the next episode i'm i'm already into this fucking thing so we'll see how it goes but uh i didn't have any problems with it man so i'm gonna go with uh brandon you tell me what you guys awesome. think, guys. Yes, thank you. So uh, I, I definitely hear what you guys are saying, um, and, and Jared, I definitely appreciate the fact that you like where the show's going. And I, for me, reservation's still out. Right, I, I'm just waiting to see more. Uh, <laughs> I was I was frustrated with the way they did the goodbye between Joel and Tess, and you know maybe that's being nitpicky and me just trying to throw my my preference too far into it, but. 
um it really it bothered me and i'm i'm kind of made me smile to hear Sean that it kind of frustrated you too. Um, to me, this was, this was a step down from uh, from episode one. I thought episode one laid a really good, strong foundation um, with the exception of some technical uh, beauty, uh, mainly that like we were talking about the set design and the sound design. Um, I thought that this, sh- this episode really just didn't go anywhere. It, it was like a, a vehicle to kill test sacrifice and then get the two mm. of them alone on the, the road together. I'm hoping that it picks up. I'm hoping that the episode three kind of gives me something more to root for and, and really, really establishes a relationship between the two now main characters. Um, for me, I, I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm not saying it's a, I'm just saying it was an episode that didn't, that didn't float my boat. So I'm going to go with a three on this one. Um, it was, to me, it was not even, uh, it was a little bit lower than, um, or a little bit higher than uh, an average episode for me. So Ed, I'm going to go to you, but I got a three on that. So what I would have done with Tess was, like, she had some time left. I felt like that they did prematurely kill her. Um, I mean, it's so easy to, hey, let's all run out the building and just throw a fucking grenade behind us and blow up everyone and have the same results. I don't understand why she, or at least, like, like have a fire there and then trap it traps everything. So there's ways they've kept that her in the, in the game a little bit longer. I know she's bit. I wish she would have came in a little bit longer and, and provided a little bit more. Um, I, I don't think I gave my opinion to the, her death yet, so that's why I'm doing it right now. But mm-hmm. I do wish she had one more episode. And I think one more episode is, was what I think it would have helped Brandon and Sean. Um, because it, her death was almost like it could have happened. She could have killed all the zombies or walkers or clickers with just throwing a grenade behind her. And you, you, you cut off the line with fire and they would have stopped. Um, so I didn't like that. I, I felt like I could name little things here and there. I enjoyed it. I was still on the edge of my seat. Um, I, I think that says something. Uh, I think maybe just so far they had me, they pulled me in with episode one, episode two so far. I, I like how it, it leans towards it's all these questions. There's a lot of questions still, still, um, everyone, I just hope it's not, um, my worry that it becomes, I don't know if you guys know this game, but it's Resonance Evil. I hope it does not become Resonance Evil with all of a sudden they playing these big, huge zombie monsters are coming out of and like they morphed into like this fucking huge ass person or all these dogs come out. I hope it doesn't get out of hand. Um, I do like the, the Joel and Ellie starts to, you start to get this relationship between them that starts to, you see Joel's doors are breaking down. So, so far I like their relationship. Um, I don't think he's going to die like Ned Stark. I think he's in it for the long haul. Um, I think he's Andrew Lincoln in The Walking Dead. Like he's going to be in it for a couple seasons. Um, personally, I think this is not better than the first episode. I think it's actually, it took a step back. Last time I gave it a two, I'm going to give this one 2.6. Personally, I, I I just think it's a little below a, 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 a average episode. Those things, I almost felt like there was too much talking at times. Um, but I'm naming it a two point six. Oh, wow, guys. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, John. Uh, I'm not gonna be as verbose as Eddie. Um I think the uh I think it was a good episode. Um uh I I, I was actually thinking about the show Fringe and they killed uh, a character after two episodes in Fringe and he was kind of there the whole the whole show. The whole the whole the whole show he was the conscious to actually Anna Trove. 
uh, the entire series. So it, it, I'm wondering what they're going to do. So I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to withhold judgment. I'm going to give this episode a 2.5. I think it was an average episode. Um, it didn't really knock it out of the park for me, but it also didn't do anything wrong. It just progressed the story. And I'm, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens next. That's all I can say. So uh, when we take those scores and divide by four, what does episode two get an average rating of? It gives us a 2.275. And obviously, Jeremiah, that puts it second on the list of movies of the episodes so far. Yes. 2.275. That's why. That's guys, correct. Right, right, right now. Yeah. Good, yes, it is. Yes. And good math, Sean. Well, I mean, we've only done two. So two I'm episodes, very yeah. confident in my supposition. <laughs> um, As of right now, listeners, this series has an average of uh, 1.950. So, I mean, it's sitting there between a a first good cocktail and a happy bud. So we'll see how the rest of the episode goes. Let us know what you think, though, with episode two, which is, you know, I mean, it's a 2.275. And and our personal preference is not necessarily, you know, the end all be all of anything at all. So uh, what I do like, though, is that our, our opinions are based on analysis it's not just picking, plucking a number out of the sky. We actually really go through, we try to go through the episode. So if you, the viewer think that we're missing something that that could change our scores, that should change our scores or something that we're, you know, that we're missing a context, uh, let us know. I, I know that when we do Lord of the Rings, which something that's something that I've always wanted to do on this podcast, you know, I've read the books. I read the books every year. That's a completely different context than Brandon, who's never opened the books. It's a, it's a you That's know bullshit. You know, has read them more. You've, you've never read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, I have. I've read them really? once. Brandon, I teach Brandon, literature. You told me you only I read did. Twilight when you were eight. You read this Twilight. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Twilight. Yeah, all three of them. All right, sorry, sorry. Again. Anyway, I yeah. apologize. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I read them every year. So what I'm saying is, I'll have a different context. <laughs> so we could get a different context to this show with someone who has. Uh, maybe play the video game or someone who has, you know, someone who has different experience. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to see if we get any, any, any nasty or, or positive letters. Uh, There's two different ways you could go through the next episode. I mean, you could take this, you know, towards medicine or you can take it towards residence evil. So I'm yeah. wondering which way we're going to do this route. Yes. All right. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. You can visit our website, the gentleman And we encourage you to reach out to us by email at hosts with an S H U S T S at the gentleman podcast.com. Uh, we are very appreciative of all of our listeners, um, we are, uh, had some big reception from episode one of this podcast already. We're looking forward to this, this, uh, growing our podcast. And like we always say, if you have recommendations for films or TV shows you would like us to do, please submit them. Uh, and we will discuss them as a group and hopefully we'll get them on air. I know Pulp Fiction, um, specifically was something that came about because we had had a lot of recommendations for it. Uh, and that, that, that episode has done very well for us. Uh, and we're very proud. Uh, and thank you so much, uh, for the, the, everyone who's listened to that episode and left such a review. Appreciate it guys. Thank you so much listeners. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers, my guys. Cheers.